Welcome to World Footprints Radio, the show where we celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage. Featuring your hosts, Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Now, World Footprints Radio. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to World Footprints, the multi-award winning show for travelers by travelers. And for the next hour, we hope to inspire you to live your best life and leave positive footprints when you travel. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. Today, we welcome back a good friend of the show, actress, singer, and author Gloria Loring. And we'll explore the mystical and mysterious Amazon River with Delphine Amazon Cruises, Inez Orihuela. Thanks to your fans of the World Footprints Book Club and loyal Days of Our Lives watchers will know Gloria Loring. Having played Liz Chandler for seven years on the popular daytime drama, fans also know Gloria as the singer of the theme songs to the NBC sitcoms The Facts of Life and Different Strokes. As an author, Gloria penned a spiritual autobiography called Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. As busy as she is, Gloria finds time to raise awareness for juvenile diabetes, blog, and do a CD entitled A Playlist that includes a duet with her son, R&B singer Robin Thicke. You look for goodness in other people in spite of their occasional aberrations and uh, unfortunate behaviors. Um, you will find goodness in other people, you know. So I, I just think that this is a natural outgrowth of this journey I've been on. Um, and it, it, it makes life an adventure. Few places on the planet have the intrigue and captivate in the way the Amazon River and rainforest do. The chocolate-covered waters that flow through the Amazon rainforest are the backdrop to many myths, stories, and legends. A husband and wife team were so inspired by the Amazon, they created a cruise line to give travelers an immersion experience unlike any other in one of the most magical and mystical ecosystems on the planet. Inez Orihuela of Delphine Amazon Cruises takes a break from one of her cruises to share the story of this transformative and inspiring cruise company. They decided to invest in their own country of Peru and be the pioneers into luxury expedition cruising in this area. We hope you'll enjoy our conversation with Gloria Loring and Amazon Adventures on today's show. I'm Ian Fitzpatrick, and this is World Footprints. Visit and connect with us at worldfootprints.com. Fans of the World Footprints Book Club and loyal Days of Our Lives watchers will know our next guest, singer, actress, and author Gloria Loring. Gloria played Liz Chandler for seven years on the popular daytime drama, and she can be heard on the theme songs to the NBC sitcoms The Facts of Life and Different Strokes. Gloria recently wrote a spiritual autobiography called Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous, which we featured on a World Footprints Book Club show. She has starred in various theatrical productions, and she continues to advocate on behalf of juvenile diabetes awareness. If that isn't enough, Gloria has an active blog and recently released a new CD titled A Playlist that includes a duet with her R&B baby, as she calls him, singer Robin Thicke. Gloria, welcome back to World Footprints. Well, thank you so much. I'm happy to be here. Well, you know, it's been a while since we last chat, and I'm looking forward to catching up with you and your and your travels. Um, but for those who did not hear our book club interview, Tell us a little bit about your book, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. 
Well, I call it a memoir with a message. <laughs> I had a series of extraordinary coincidences that happened to me that were just the perfect thing for me at the right time. And along the way, I was recounting one of those stories about how um, a benefactor uh, stepped in to help me raise a million dollars for diabetes research after I made a promise to my son that I would do something to try to end his diabetes. And... Um, as I was telling the story of how I raised the million dollars and the benefactor coming into my life, the person I was speaking to said, oh, well, but you know, coincidence is God's way of remaining anonymous. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I said, whoa, 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 wait, wait, say, say that again? What? Coincidence is what? God's way of remaining anonymous. I, I got to write that down. So I wrote it down, and I started to think about it. And, you know, these ideas that we repeat to ourselves, and sometimes they're not very fortunate ideas, but they become like mantras, words that <clears throat> infiltrate our heart and our understanding. And for me, it was this saying about coincidence and God. And I started to notice, as I thought about this idea and repeated it to other people, because I thought it was very cool sounding, um, that I was experiencing over a period of years these coincidences, these things, these coincidings of meaningful events that were mm -hmm. appearing in my life. Um, and I started to wonder, uh, you know, uh, how could I tell people my stories and make them meaningful for them in a way that would not just say, oh, look how lucky I am, but here's how lucky I am, and you're just as lucky. These things are happening to you, but you may not notice them. You may not have an understanding within which to hold them. And so I started on a long journey of reading every book I could find about coincidence and synchronicity. And also, um, I found out that the quote about coincidence and God was um, said by Albert Einstein. Hmm. And I thought, wow, wait a second. Here's a scientist talking about coincidence, which a lot of people just dismiss, you know. And um, and this, um, this, this name we hold for that which is beyond knowing, um, God, and... And I thought, I need to, now I need to research quantum physics and find out wh how physics and science supports an understanding of the way things come into our lives mm -hmm. and how we can use them. So that's what the book is. It's this synthesis of my personal stories with, <clears throat> oh gosh, uh, quantum physics, some science, uh, spiritual understanding, quotes by some of the great uh, spiritual beings, um, and it's about my own journey and, and how it started mm -hmm. on this path about coincidence and then how, uh, how where I am now. And I've, I've just been so grateful to hear from people that it has really changed the way they look at their lives, that they feel more connected to something, there's to a goodness in the universe. Yes. And, of course, it is there. Um, it's always working. Um, it's always forming connections. And it's our opportunity to, to look for it and see it. Mm -hmm. Well, let me, let me tell you about a little quote-unquote coincidence that yes. occurred with me last evening. Um, as I was preparing for our interview, um, I came upon an article that you wrote, recently wrote for the Soap Opera Digest, where you discussed the dilemma of not knowing, just feeling comfortable with not knowing something, not having 
having the answers. And that was, I can't tell you how timely that was for me. Oh, and good. It seems that, you know, your your current writings and some of the work that you're doing have become a natural extension of your, your book. Well, I'm, I, as I said, because I now believe that there is this supreme love, uh, goodness, uh, presence, power in the universe, and and because I'm looking for the the way goodness is coming, the many ways that goodness is coming into my life and other people's lives, um, the more you look for something, uh, the more you see it. You know, that's you look for dirt in your house, you look for dust, you'll find it. You know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you look for goodness in other people, in spite of their occasional aberrations and uh, unfortunate behaviors, um, you will find goodness in other people, you know. So I, I just think that this is a natural outgrowth of this journey I've been on. Um, and it, it makes life an adventure yeah. when we're looking for the good, when we're looking for the bad, when we're looking for the negativity, when we're, we've allowed ourselves to become cynical. We're overlooking the fact that you know, 95, 96, 97% of the people in the world um, are living good, decent, honorable lives, and they're they're trying so hard to do the right thing. Um, there was a really interesting article I read recently about, I believe it was in Chicago, and there was this one neighborhood that was considered um, very crime-infested, and they finally started to do some statistical analysis And they found that, in truth, it was less than 3% of that neighborhood were uh, was comprised of people who were acting out uh, again and again in uh, criminal, felonious, you know, felonious or whatever. Mm-hmm. I mean, just unfortunate ways. And when they started to target these um, these young men who were turning to the wrong ways to be powerful, um, and target them by going and meeting with them and their parents and explaining that if they didn't change their ways, they were probably going to wind up in prison for a long time and or dead. And But, but the, the statistical issue was that 97% of the people in that community that was considered so terrible were living, um, albeit fairly poor, mm-hmm. um, Honest lives, working, trying to get their kids to school, trying to do the right thing, you know? So when we, um, I had someone send me an email recently, and it was about something good that was happening somewhere, and he said, oh, at least there's some hope for this next generation. And I thought, what? What are, you, uh, what are you looking at? What are you looking for? What are you, what are you imbibing that you don't see the great good that is going on in in the young people nowadays? And yeah. and there always has been. It just, it really depends on what you're looking for. And and I think too, you know, unfortunately, my industry, um, some in my industry, um, you know, there's so much more attention now being paid to things that have always happened, um, but they're they're looked at more uh, through a um, through a magnifying glass for some reason. I mean, media brings a lot of negative attention to certain communities, and you know, we could go and get into a whole political discussion, which we'll save for another interview. <laughs> um, but you know, I, I I agree. I think you know, there's um, most people. Uh, that have uh, a choice um, will choose to do the right thing. 
um, and and will choose honesty, and and that's you know our core, my core belief as well. Yeah. So I, I know that you're still acting and singing, but you know, are you are you finding a new voice as an inspirational speaker? Because I think you've been very inspiring in just the short time that we've had on on the show right now. Um, I do that occasionally. Um, I'm still singing. I did a couple of movies this year. I did a play uh, that was great fun. Um, talk about inspiring. Nora Ephron, Nora and Delia Ephron have been bringing us a comedic uh, look at ourselves and life for so many years. And Nora passed, I guess it was two years ago now, and I got to do um, star in her play Love, Loss, and What I Wore. And it was so much fun to do comedy. I want to do more comedy. (laughs) (laughs) And then I just did a Christmas movie that was on at Christmas time called Back to Christmas. It was kind of a little Christmas fantasy. Mm -hmm. And that was fun. And then I just finished filming um, a short film, about a 12, 13-minute film called Heavenly, that two young filmmakers are making. And they actually, I was so honored, they wrote the role with me in mind. And um, I was really honored by that. I'm I'm not sure. Um, You know, on on um, on the surface, it might not look like that was a compliment because it's about a woman who's drug addicted and alcoholic. None of which I am. But (laughs) what 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 um, John, uh, one of the writers, said was that he had always sensed in me a combination of vulnerability and strength. And that's what he wanted this character to exude, and um, even in the midst of her difficulties. So that was uh, a lot of fun. We did that in December, and um, yeah. So I'm I'm doing lots of things, and I you know I continue to do some writing mm-hmm. and and live my life, and you know just have a, I live in the mountains where it's so beautiful, and. Um, I'm just I'm just grateful for every day. Oh, uh, so so you weren't subject to that recent earthquake in LA. I, I heard um, of, of some friends of mine, musicians in the LA area, um, posted on Facebook a 4.5 um, earthquake. I think just a, a few days ago that you're not close enough to have felt. No, any. no, I'm over two hours away from LA. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I didn't feel that. I but I am <laughs> I am up in the San Bernardino Mountains in a place called Lake Arrowhead mm. and we sit along the San Andreas Fault. Yeah. Lovely. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you never know. <laughs> well just hop on a plane and come visit us here in D C if you know that. There you go. Actually I do get to D C occasionally. Um my husband uh, is the production designer, art director mm-hmm. for the um the fourth of July event at the Capitol and the Memorial Day event. Oh. And a big, huge tent that he he designed. And uh, those are just always very moving, uh, very celebratory events. And so um, I did come with him, I guess it was like two years ago. And I, I may come with him again this year because I really enjoy some time in D.C. Well, please do let us know. And, and we, you know, we get credentials um, pretty much everywhere. <laughs> um, oh, good. And so, uh, you know, I'd love to, to come back and and um, and see you and, and catch up, you know, again. Um, and speaking of catching up, I, w- I wanted to ask you, I'd be remiss in not asking you about your son, uh, Brennan, who actually started you on this journey, um, you know, the writing and, and the a cookbook that you created and raising awareness about juvenile diabetes. How is he doing? 
Brennan is doing well. Um, he's had diabetes for over 35 years. He's, um, he's you know, experienced some, um, uh, you know, some difficulties. Um, he's had to have a couple laser surgery for, surgeries for his eyes, mm. but he's doing all right. Um, he's still chonking along. He's uh, husband of Dolly and uh, father to uh, Nana's rascal boy, who is now six and a half, Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he's, he's doing well. He is, he, uh, out of his compassion for, for some, anyone who has chronic illness, he got involved in the medical marijuana business, and mm-hmm. he's been doing that for eight years now, and he's so enormously helpful to people who come to him with MS, with lupus, with fibromyalgia, with cancer, uh, with diabetes. Um, uh, the, the right uh, kind of medical marijuana can be very helpful for opening the capillaries in the eyes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's, it is, it, he has a great deal of knowledge and, um, there, there are studies that are showing that marijuana is a, a natural, um, has natural healing tendencies, uh, and when used appropriately, mm-hmm. of course. Um, so I think it's promising that we're taking gradually state by state, community by community, taking it off the, um, you know, dangerous drug, uh, category. Sure. I mean, you know, anything, you know, we have cigarettes, we have alcohol, we have more people buy a diet prescription drugs than a whole lot of other things, you know, or, or get seriously hurt. Um, you know, we are a society that depends on um, some, you know, substances to mm-hmm. help us in one way or another mm-hmm. <laughs> or, or hurt us in one way or another. Um, so I think the more education, um, it, it would be really, really good. I mean, I've, I saw some of those um, uh, reports that Sanjay Gupta did on medical marijuana and people whose children were, you know, having 200, 400 uh, seizures a day. And right. the only thing that helped them was medical marijuana, and they were going to wind up dead. Yeah. And, you know, I mean, if, if this is a naturally occurring substance, that we can use in an appropriate manner, and uh, we're given, I mean, we're told in Scripture, uh, not that I'm a big Scripture person, but that everything we need has been provided on this earth. Mm -hmm. And we know with indigenous peoples that there are these naturally occurring substances that are very helpful in wonderful ways. My Mm -hmm. brother-in-law is from Peru, and of course they have used for centuries certain substances that help them with diabetes, blood sugar control, all kinds of things. So I think there's a, there's a wealth of, of opportunity for us to find increasingly better ways to take care of ourselves. Yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm pleased that, that he's, uh, he's doing better and, you know, he's continuing to, um, to manage um, his, uh, his diabetes. After the break, more of our conversation with Gloria Loring. Places that I would love to live mm-hmm. certainly would be uh, in Paris. Oh, I want to go to I want to live in Paris for a while, <laughs> even for a couple of months. Um, Vancouver is mm. absolutely beautiful. I would I would go and move to Vancouver if it were if it worked with my life. Next, as World Footprints continues. Hi, this is Chantel from New Orleans. I love WorldFootprintsRadio.com. You guys rock. More than 100 million wild animals are killed each year, illegally. Poaching is just one of the risks animals face at our hands. 
I'm Tom Barry. I'm an actor. I grew up in the beautiful rural countryside of Ohio, where animals roamed freely in the open forests. I have a deep concern to help preserve those open spaces for our wildlife friends so they can live and thrive like they used to. Destruction of their habitats threaten their very existence. The best way to protect wildlife is to protect the land where they live. The Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust works with private landowners to protect wildlife, to preserve natural habitats, and establish permanent sanctuaries. To learn more or to work with the Humane Society Wildlife Land Trust, call 800-729-SAVE. That's 800-729-SAVE. Or visit wildlifelandtrust.org. Thank you. Join award-winning World Footprints Radio, a leader in socially conscious travel for inspiring, entertaining, and educational shows. Meet well-known guests like Bobby Kennedy Jr., actress Stephanie Powers, director Ken Burns, David Rockefeller Jr., and other celebrities, newsmakers, and industry professionals who celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage, and support public diplomacy. Travel with us to unique places around the world, Join us in our efforts to raise awareness about environmental conservation and human rights issues and learn what you can do to leave positive footprints one step at a time. Visit our interactive and informative website, worldfootprints.com. An anti-trafficking organization in India teaches former sex workers the skills of carpentry and printing. A cooperative in Brazil gives jobs to former forced laborers. And a boy from Ghana who was forced to work in the fishing industry goes back to school. Human traffickers exploit their victims, but by joining forces we can help the victims rebuild their lives. Support the United Nations Global Initiative to Fight Human Trafficking. UNGIFT.org This is President Barack Obama. In the story of America, the greatest chapters are moments of challenge, when we see people serving their country and one another. Volunteers who step forward into hospital corridors and church basements, along levees and fire lines. And the next chapter is yours to help write. Sign up to volunteer at usaservice.org. That's usaservice.org. Let's renew America together. A message from Renew America Together, brought to you by the Ad Council. Hi, I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. And I'm Ian Fitzpatrick. A few years ago, we decided to leave our respective legal practices to live a more purposeful travel life and help others leave positive footprints. World Footprints was born and was quickly recognized for its award-winning journalism. We've covered events from the Olympics to a Titanic expedition, and we've discussed conservation, environmental, and public diplomacy initiatives. Join us for award-winning radio and visit our website, worldfootprints.com, for daily travel deals and comprehensive travel information. Don't have the time to give back to the community? No time to socialize or network? Then volunteer with OneBrick. Volunteer only when it fits your schedule, and then join us for food, drinks, and great conversation afterwards. It's a great way to meet new people, have fun, and help the community. Join us at www.onebrick.org. That's www.onebrick.org. One Brick. Volunteering made easy. Bookie, my name is Shane. I'm a Blackfoot from the Six Gun Nation. I encourage you to tune into World Footprints Radio and come out to Blackfoot Crossing Historical Park in southern Alberta to experience the Blackfoot people and culture. 
You're listening to World Footprints Radio, awarded as the best travel audio podcast by the North American Travel Journalists Association. Here's Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to World Footprints. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. Here's more of our conversation with Gloria Laurie. You have to ask about your other son. Um, yeah. All the ladies are swooning right now. <laughs> Robin, Robin, yes, my, my, my other rascal boy. Yes. Uh, yes, I know. He's doing well. He's doing well. He's really focused on new music and mm-hmm. his son, Julian. He's got such a beautiful relationship with his little boy. But you guys, um, on your, your latest CD, you guys actually did a duet of one of my favorite songs, and it's so uh, loved by my husband and I. It appeared on our wedding CD. We created a wedding CD. Oh. Um, it's called The Prayer. And, yes. um, you know, I was thinking about that, and, um, you know, that that piece actually seems to be um, a, a, have some a complicated arrangement, and so I'm curious about um, any creative differences you two might have had, and if you pulled rank as mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, absolutely not. I um, I recorded the track. Um, you know, uh, Robin has both. Um, uh, a, a deeper voice, and he also sings in that higher falsetto, tenory kind of, you know, mm-hmm. light voice. So I knew that he and I could sing it in the same key, and I checked with him, and I went ahead and produced the track. And then um, I let I, pu- I put on a scratch vocal, and then he put on his vocal. He sang his part where he was singing the melody. And then I went in later and matched his vocal with my harmony. So that was fun. And our voices, of course coming from the same lineage, sure. <laughs> um, just blend beautifully. And then one of the nice things was Carol Bayer Sager, who's one of the composers, along with David Foster, mm-hmm. um, evidently heard our version somewhere and sent me a, a lovely note saying that um, she felt it was the prettiest version she'd ever heard. So I was so honored by that because, you know, being a songwriter, when someone says something like that, um, I, I really take it to heart, so that was very nice. Yeah, indeed. Well, I, I think um, when Ian and I celebrate our 10th anniversary this year, that will um, your version will go. <laughs> ah, that's nice. Next that's CD. nice. Yeah, and you know, my CDs, anybody's uh, interested, are available on iTunes for download, and they're also available on my website, GloriaLoring.com, mm-hmm. and my book is available on, I think, Barnes & Noble and Amazon, you know, on online. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I'll be interested. I mean, if somebody reads it and wants to send me an email, I'm pretty easy to find. I'm Gloria at GloriaLoring.com, and I love to hear from people who've read it and found value in it. Absolutely, and, and of course, we have a link to your website and um, your book on Amazon on your um, guest page on our website. Oh, great. So anyone just has to uh, search for your name, and your page will pop up. Um, so I, w- I want to just talk real, real quickly about your travels. You know, we're a travel show, and so we, you know, we're gonna go see where you have been and, and live vicariously through some of your travels. Oh my God! Where have you been recently? Oh, recently I haven't been doing as much traveling. Oh no! But let me let me just say, okay, the places that I have been that um, were eye-opening and that I just love, places that I would love to live, Mm -hmm. certainly would be uh, in Paris. Oh, I want to go to, I want to live in Paris for a while, (laughs) even for a couple of months. Um, Vancouver 
is mm. absolutely beautiful. I would I would go and move to Vancouver if it were if it worked with my life. Um, some travels I want to take. I, I come from Irish, Scottish, and English heritage, and I would very much like to take a trip up into Ireland and Scotland. Maybe that would be two trips, really. Um, I have been to Norway and Denmark and, and loved being there. Mm-hmm. Just enjoyed that so much. And another place, just a couple of years ago, we went, we went on a Baltic cruise mm-hmm. to the Baltic states, winding up in St. Petersburg. That oh, was amazing. Yes. Um, but the place that really touched our hearts was Estonia. And Estonia is a small Lithuania, Latvia, Estonia, mm-hmm. those those countries, you know, bordering on Russia that Russia took over for so long and just so many atrocities, you know, people just disappearing and sent to Siberia and their their homes taken over, etc. And so Estonia, there's an extraordinary um, documentary called The Singing Revolution. They used to have this singing festival and they'd have as many as 20,000 people or I know, thousands of people, I don't want to get it wrong, mm-hmm. um, doing the, the choir singing, and then they'd have like 100,000 people would show up, and they'd all sing together. Well, when the Russians took them over, they forbade them to sing um, any of their traditional folk songs or their traditional Estonian anthem. And they, they put up with it for a long time because it was pretty brutal and they were scared. And then one time at one of the festivals, um, some people in the choir started singing their national anthem, the Estonian national anthem. Mm. And the Russians had never heard it and they didn't understand the language. And by the time they finished, everyone in the place was singing together except, of course, the Russians. And it was the beginning of a, of a really fairly bloodless um, transfer of power. And it, it was sort of part of a, uh, a time that Latvia, Lithuania, that the Cold War was breaking up, etc. But, but the courage of those people just touched our hearts, and we were at the, the grounds where they hold the singing festival, and the woman who took us on the tour had been in the choir as a young child. Um, wow. 20 years, 20-some years before. So that was a place that really, I really feel um, an enormous heart kinship with. Um, so I, I just think the world is such an amazing place, mm-hmm. and I love hearing about how people live and, and uh, grow and prosper and the foods they eat and the songs they sing and the dances they do. So I look forward to a lot more travel as the years go on. You know, we we try to to foster the concept of uh, global citizenship here, um, but it, it means different things to to different people. And listening to you talk just about the experience and what you see and what you feel, um, you know, in some of these the places that you've been, I, I'm curious what does the concept of global citizenship mean to you? Well. When you're the citizen of a community, um, if you're engaging in right thinking and right living, etc., um, you try to contrib- contribute positively, you respect your neighbors, you work together with people, um, you're friendly, you're welcoming, you have good manners. Um, and I think that's what a global citizen is, that no matter where you go, you um, approach people with respect and kindness and I mean, it all really comes down to the golden rule, and all all the major traditions around the world have that that basic tenet of treat others as you would like to be treated in mm-hmm. one form or another. They have different words for them, but but so when we travel to be kind and gentle and use our best manners, 
You know, the French are very fussy about manners. It has to be s'il vous plaît, merci. You know, you don't snap your fingers and say garçon, you know. You need to, I think, to before you go into a community or a, a country to familiarize yourself with the way they do things. I remember when I traveled around the world with Bob Hope on the USO tour, and we went to Vietnam, but we stopped for a fueling stop in the middle of the night in Saudi Arabia. And we were told to be sure not to cross our legs so that the bottom of our feet were pointing up because the bottom of your feet is considered um, very lowly and mm-hmm. it's an insult to point the bottom of your feet at somebody. So that was good to know, you know, because you, you, you want to present yourself in a way that is um, a, an opportunity to connect with others. So mm-hmm. if somebody has a little issue about something, like, okay, whatever, you know, big deal. Right, right, right. <laughs> I mean, in China, it's it's acceptable to burp and make all kinds of noises, and here we would consider that incredibly rude. <laughs> so everybody's got their own way, and it just shows that there are lots of ways to live a life. Right, and, and you know, and, and I think, you know, part of global citizenship is, is just accepting our indifferences and embracing the fact that we all share a common humanity regardless of our differences. And, and also, um, you know, I think a, a good global citizen is one who inspires others to live their, their best life, and I think you're doing that just with the inspiration you've You've been sharing through uh, your book um, and and your writings, and and so I thank you for being a great ambassador um, and for joining us again. And I just I want to say um, one other little story about your your book. Yes, <laughs> my favorite. I mean, I have. I mean, there's so many golden nuggets of wisdom in um, uh, Coincidence is God's Way of Remaining Anonymous. Um, But one of my favorite stories is um, the chapter that you or uh, section that you dedicated to teenagers. Um, Because I had, for the last two summers, my uh, teenage sister has lived with us. Uh-huh. And I remember um, there was a, a letter you wrote to your teenage boys at oh. the time. <laughs> that I put on the refrigerator. Yes, <laughs> yes. And I quoted that uh, letter several times, I, and I prayed to God to give me the strength <laughs> just to uh, to endure her through the summer. Um, but that's a hard job, and which is why Ian and I have a cat. <laughs> Oh, (laughs) no, what I put on the fridge was, teenagers, attention teenagers, I think it was something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you tired of everyone telling you what to do? Um, Move out now and get a job so (laughs) so you don't have to listen to your parents and your teachers any longer. Right. It was something like that. Yeah. Well, in any event, Gloria, I love having you on our show. I love talking to you, and I'm glad that um, we've been able to to reconnect. And um, I really do hope to see you here in in, uh, in D.C. I would love that. Well, if I get to D.C., I will be sure to send you an email, and we'll try to connect. Please do. Please do. All right, my dear. Take care of yourself, and thank you so much again for for joining us on World Footprints. Absolutely. My pleasure. Coming up, we'll take a journey down the mysterious and magical chocolate-covered waters of the Amazon with Inez Orihuela of Delphine Amazon Cruises. They decided to invest in their own country of Peru, and be the pioneers into luxury expedition cruising in this area. Next, as World Footprints continues. 
Hi, my name is Catherine from France and I love listening to World Footprints Radio. My father had prostate cancer. My grandfather, two great uncles, died from it. I wish I'd known about the family history, but it just wasn't talked about. My name's Lonnie. I had my prostate removed in May of 1995, and I'm still here. So there is life after prostate cancer. I'm living proof. One thing I would want to share with any man that thinks that he may have prostate cancer is, number one, get it checked. Secondly, you have time after the diagnosis. Read, learn, go talk with your doctor, and make some decisions. Because knowledge is power. It cannot be understated. Prostate cancer is the most common cancer among men in Michigan. If you've been diagnosed, talk with your health care provider about your options and visit prostatecancerdecision.org today. Sponsored by the Michigan Department of Community Health, the Michigan Cancer Consortium, and the Michigan Association of Broadcasters. Join award-winning World Footprints Radio, a leader in socially conscious travel, for inspiring, entertaining, and educational shows. Meet well-known guests like Bobby Kennedy Jr., actress Stephanie Powers, and director Ken Burns, along with other celebrities, newsmakers, and industry professionals who celebrate responsible travel, culture, and heritage, and support public diplomacy initiatives. Travel with us to unique places around the world and join us on our efforts to raise awareness about environmental, conservation, and human rights issues and learn what you can do to leave positive footprints one step at a time. Also, visit our interactive and informative website at worldfootprints.com. Hi, this is Jennifer Coolidge. The American Heart Association says the disco song Stayin' Alive is the near-perfect beat for hands-only CPR. If you see a teen or adult collapse from cardiac arrest, you only need two steps to help save a life. Call 911 and push hard and fast in the center of the chest to the beat of the song Stayin' Alive. Disco is back and it's saving lives. To learn more, go to heart.org slash handsonlycpr. Nationally supported by the WellPoint Foundation. Dear Mom and Dad, Well, the Army has finally seen fit to give me some time off, so I'm writing to tell you that I'm doing fine over here. And Mom, since you asked, if anyone wants to help, just tell them to contact the USO. You can't believe how much they do for us. With love, your son Michael. The USO depends on the generosity of the American people. To find out how you can help, visit us at USO.org. The USO, until everyone comes home. Human trafficking is the fastest growing criminal industry in the world. One of the greatest myths is that human trafficking is only a third world problem. But neither education, wealth, age, race, nor social standing protects one from becoming a victim of human trafficking. Awareness and action are key to fighting this crime against humanity. To report human trafficking or to learn more, call the National Human Trafficking Hotline at 1-888-3737-888. Collectively, we can put an end to human trafficking one step at a time. My name is Luben Oliver. I'm from the tiny island back where it's Indians. And I uh, want to wish you all the best for coming to back Tanya and uh, Ian. I wish you a safe trip back, and when you go back home, tell all the wonderful people about Beckway. It's the only paradise in Sinvis and Guardians. And I will encourage you to listen to all footprint, the best in the world. Enjoy. And now, more of World Footprints Radio with your hosts, 
Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick. Welcome back to World Footprints. I'm Tanya Fitzpatrick. There are a few things in this world that are as mysterious and magical as the Amazon River. The chocolate-colored waters that flow through the Amazon rainforest are the backdrop to many myths, stories, and legends. For a traveler, the Amazon offers a deep exploration into oneself, humanity, and our planet. A dynamic husband and wife team of corporate escapees experience such a transformation. They recognize the growing need for travelers to have authentic and immersion experiences, as well as the time and space for reflection. Delphine Amazon Cruises was created with those goals in mind. Ines Orihuela is with Delphine Amazon Cruises, and she is taking precious time away from a peaceful river cruise to join us on World Footprints. Welcome, Ines. Hello, Tanya. Thank you very much for having me. It's my pleasure. Now, we love sharing inspirational life journeys, and the backstory of Delphine Amazon Cruises is very interesting. Tell us why two very successful corporate executives walked away from their careers. Yes, we have Aldo and Lisi, um, Machiavello, husband and wife, they're partners in this whole journey into the Amazon. And Aldo comes from the banking world, actually, you know, over 35 years in the banking, corporate banking, um, living around the world, but always with a very strong passion for adventure traveling around the world. And together with Lisi, um, they decided to invest in their own country of Peru and be the pioneers into luxury expedition cruising in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, so that started about 2006. So we've been in operation for a few years already. Mm-hmm. Now, there there are a few Amazon cruise companies out there. What distinguishes Delphine from the others? The main thing for us is to be authentic. We're proud to be Peruvians. We're proud to be... Um, investing in our own area, and we like to showcase, showcase that throughout our experiences on board on both vessels and um, putting our own touches into everything. It has to be said that Lisi is the one that creates everything you can see and feel on board. Um, she has designed the vessels, everything that goes along, and she knows the um, rainforest like the back of her palm. So she basically will be um, updating itineraries very often with new spots she finds um, in the National Reserve and mm. creating tailor-made programs for um, our passengers. So we are a very flexible company, um, ready to take care of our guests. And together, they have put the the brain and the heart of the operation here. So kind of give us an idea about a typical cruise itinerary. What What is the general length of a cruise? Where do you guys go? And what do you do throughout the journey? Mm-hmm. We do two programs, the three-night and the four-night program. And again, this we do only in the Bacaya Samiria National Reserve, which is located in the upper Amazon of Peru. And it's formed by the two rivers, the Marañón and the Ucayali, that get together and form the Amazon River. 
So passengers will be able to be in the junction um, where the Amazon River starts, which by itself, it's it's a very special moment um, to enjoy. A regular day will be waking up early for the ones that want to do so, to do some um, bird watching around 6 a.m., enjoying the beautiful sunrise. Then they go back to the vessel, have breakfast, and then they go out again for the morning activity, which could be kayaking, canopy walking, fishing perhaps. Then they go back um, to the vessel to have lunch, enjoy maybe some siesta time, mm-hmm. listening to a presentation from our guides. We have one bilingual guide for every 10 passengers, and then they go out again to do the activity in the afternoon, um, which could be more wildlife spotting, um, we have recently added paddle boards to our activities, mm-hmm. so they can do that. And then after sunset time, one of the days, they will also be able to do night safaris, which is basically being out in the affluence and being closer to night creatures. And just listening to the rainforest at night is just a as a symphony, it very is, magical. Yeah, it is. And, you know, I was thinking for those from the city, though, I think that could be um, a little bit intimidating, particularly when you hear a holler monkey and not knowing what that is or, you know, just yeah. any little movement because you can hear everything so clearly. It's almost magnified uh, when you're in the uh, the rainforest. Exactly. Um, you can even listen to the howlers um, from your bed. <laughs> and and that's the beauty of being in, on a river cruise. Um, instead of being confined in a lodge where you can only go so far, here you're going to um, go through the rivers, always have different um, scenery, always be in different places, never go to the same place twice. And nothing beats being on your bed and above your feet, seeing pink river dolphins jumping up and down, mm-hmm. um, you know, cruising right next to the ship. So yeah, passengers will definitely enjoy it. Yeah, and, and I think the fact, uh, I believe you have naturalists that travel with you, and to have somebody that point out the different, you know, uh, fauna and, and flora and wildlife, and, uh, you know, is very, uh, I mean, it just adds to the entire experience, I believe. Exactly. As I said, we're going to have one naturalist for every 10 passengers, and we do that on board our speedboats. Um, so it's a very special way to connect as well with local villagers. Um, we visit them about twice during our programs, and then all of our guides are um, local from the area. It's very important for us as a Peruvian company to support um, the locals, and that we do through various um, ways. We have programs to support the um, the children and the mothers of the communities um, throughout the year. We also like to showcase the products that the ladies make. Um, you know, they have these powerful um, craft in, in their hands, and mm-hmm. They create these beautiful um, art, art, yeah, handcrafts. Um, so our passengers will be able to see them on board and then buy it directly from them. So that way we like to empower women, give them the opportunity to um, support their families. And indirectly, I think we can also protect wildlife because their husbands are not going to find themselves in the situation where they have to hunt illegally. Mm-hmm. Um, they know we don't support that. And, and yes, we like to think wildlife is being 
protected that way mm-hmm. as well. Indeed. And then for their kids, we also provide their school supplies every year. We give them health campaigns, and we also remind our passengers of the little things they can bring over um, for them. Because once once they meet them, we're sure that they're, they're going to be able to connect and and yeah, mm-hmm. maybe wish they would have brought something. So you so you have an emphasis on community development and philanthropy and are those things that a traveler can also participate in uh in doing uh, helping to support uh you know particular one of the villages that you stop in throughout the uh, Exactly. The Either bringing um items for them to hand out directly or through our guides. That's what we encourage the most. And for the ones that want to donate money, um, we're setting up uh, actually a nonprofit just for that purpose. Um, it will be will be up and running very soon for the ones that want to make you know donations um, once they're back home. Um, we would like to you know buy supplies for them um, and not just hand out money. Mm-hmm. And will you that know? be available on your your website when you do get yes. it up and running? Okay. Yes. It'll be up and running very soon. Okay. One of the things that I personally love much and I think is a very integral part of the travel experience is uh, having the opportunity to enjoy local culinary dishes. And I understand that uh, passengers on board Delphine can actually um, fish for their dinners. And I'm talking (laughs) specifically about piranhas, which most people would not, I mean, you know, most people would think, Piranha? <laughs> yeah. Piranhas, they don't have a whole lot of meat, but they are very tasty indeed. So if a passenger would like for us to grill it for them, we can go ahead and do that. Um, there are specific points outside the National Reserve where we are allowed to do so. Um, so, yes, if they would like to, we could do that. Um, but the gourmet regional experience that we offer on board is exquisite. As um, you may know, Peru is, for second year in a row, the number one culinary destination in the world. And we are very proud to showcase um, you know, our dishes on board um, with a very strong emphasis on the exotic flavors of the Amazon using only local products of mm. the best quality. Mm, wonderful. Now, yes. people have different uh, conceptions about the Amazon, the Amazon River, um, and, and cruising. And there has been in the news a lot about um, piracy along the rivers of South and Central America what precautions do you guys, uh, Delphine, take to ensure the safety of your guest? Yes, we like to think that we have pretty much covered it all, starting with onboard security. We have um, people specially designated to keep us safe uh, and just with a vigilant eye. 24-7, especially during nighttime. Then we have all of our staff is fully trained for any emergencies. Um, then we have, as far as technology, we have, well, the panic button that connects to the Navy. Um, mm. And then GPS system, um, you know, just to be tracked all the time. So in our offices, in our headquarters, we know where the vessel is the entire time mm-hmm. and how uh, we monitor it so it keeps the lock, you know, it keeps um, on route. 
And then, again, we are working very close with the Navy, and they supervise the area, which is um, important to mention that it's a national reserve. So it's um, very safe for us, and having that extra support from them makes it, um, you know, gives us more peace of mind. Mm -hmm. And last but not least, the communities. We are, um, you know, we're the pioneers in the area. We have built markets for them. We pretty much have them on on our side. And we like to think um, that they share information with us. If there's anything fishy going on, they would let us know. They work very, uh, they communicate a lot with our staff. Mm -hmm. Um, So... Yeah, I think we have the situation under control, knocking wood. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> In, indeed. But yes. And, and what about um, the environment, you know, um, responsible, disposable? Uh, exactly. We have... We have invested a, quite a lot into having the best, um, you know, upgrades to the vessel since we built them um, to have zero waste, um, no impact, no footprint mm-hmm. on that side, um, and we're very proud to have committed um, to do so. That, that's wonderful, and, uh, you know, I, when I look at your two ships, I know you have two ships. One is um, comprised of four cabins, um, it's your smaller yes. one, and uh, another one is uh, probably twice as, as large. Yeah, um, with 14 cabins. 14, oh my goodness. So, okay. you know, when I look at photographs of those, uh, my, the thought that comes to my mind is that it's, it's rustic luxury. It's, you have floor-to-ceiling glass windows. I mean, it, when you're cruising down the river, sailing down the river, it the natural light is so uh, expansive. It makes you, you know, it feels like you're just, you're there on the shoreline almost. Exactly. And that's the beauty of it all, that you're able to, you know, keep on cruising down, um, but always having this ever-changing scenario going right in front of you. It's like you are in the rainforest, but with you know, very high standard comforts, creature comforts. Mm-hmm. Of course, AC in all of our cabins. The Dolphin One has only four cabins, and all of them about 680 square feet, you know, of private area just for one couple. The two lower ones have a plunge pool, which it's the the best feature, I think. And nice. the upstairs ones, um, you know, they also have the private terrace. Mm-hmm. So great views from there. Mm. And they all have social areas upstairs with lounge and, and dining area in the upper deck. The Dolphin 2, being our largest vessel, um, also offers a lecture room for presentations um, or just mingling um, with some AC. Our dining area that can seat up to 32 passengers, mm-hmm. uh, exercise room, and a mini spa. As well, my goodness, it makes me want to sign up <laughs> real quickly. Yeah. Um, now, when people think about the Amazon as well, they don't necessarily see it as a family destination. Would you argue that it is? I would totally argue that, um, especially on the Dolphin One, being so small with only four cabins, we've had a lot of families taking the entire boat. You know, it's a perfect scenario for a family retreat. Um, our regular, you know, we take kids on regular programs 
ages 7 to 11, but when it's a charter, it can be kids um, way younger. Mm-hmm. And in fact, and then, yes. I'm sorry, in fact, you created a, a, a movie called Home, which really kind of uh, showcases, I think, the you know, the family connection with with nature. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. Um, We like to do things differently. We, instead of creating just a video to showcase our services in a regular way, um, Lizzie, the owner, decided to make a film. So now we have a 20-minute short film, and um, it it's the story of a father and a daughter that have had some rough times before, so they come over um, to the vessel to develop that relationship and improve it, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, we ha- also have a third character in the movie, which we like to call Mother Earth, and represents one of the legends of the Amazon. Um so we invite you to come over and check out the trailer on our website, which is www.delfin, Delphine in Spanish, and then AmazonCruises.com. Wonderful. Now, as I mentioned um, earlier, you know, the Amazon rainforest is uh, an area that has inspired many legends and myths. And before we go, I want to ask you about one myth that I have a question about, um, and that is not to ever make eye contact with a boto. And they say if you do, you'll have the most dreadful nightmares for the rest of your life. What is a boto? I'm not exactly sure about that one. <laughs> what is about to you? Tell me, Tanya. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And the other one is, you know, if you wish to find a rare Amazonian manatee, that you must uh-huh. first locate an Amazon river dolphin and make peace with it because the dolphin is considered the manatee's guardian. Oh, that's a beautiful legend. And that's the beauty about um, the Amazon being so vast and going from country to country that we're going to have um, several legends and myths um, um, throughout the area. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have more in Peru having to do, instead of mermaids, also with dolphins and, and you know, more legends like that. So it's something definitely worth looking up. Um, and it will give great storytelling, for sure. <laughs> Indeed, and when I find out what a boto is, I will certainly share that with you. Uh, Please let me know. <laughs> I'll look it up, too. <laughs> but uh, in, the, in the meantime, I, I thank you so much for joining us today on World Footprints and, and really the treasure of the Amazon, which is a place that I actually hold near and dear to, to my heart. Um, and yeah. I look forward to seeing you on the river one day. Please to come over and join us and to all, all of your listeners. Can't wait to have you on board the Dolphin 1 or the Dolphin 2 in the upper Peruvian Amazon. Wonderful. Ines Orihuela is with the Delphine Amazon Cruises. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you and have a great one. Thank you so much for joining us for today's World Footprints radio show. All of our shows are archived on our website, so if you've missed a show... Or if you want to hear our World Footprints Travel Report giving you the day's breaking travel and world news, visit us at worldfootprints.com. While there, click on any social media icon to follow us on your favorite social network at World Footprints. 
Also, you can now listen to World Footprints on iHeartRadio. We're Tanya and Ian Fitzpatrick, and we wish you blue skies and purposeful travel that leaves positive footprints one step at a time. Hi, guys. My name is Sandy Best, the Sandy Best from Lake Louise. Where's Lake Louise? It's in Alberta. Alberta's in Canada. Banff National Park. Natural beauty. The only place you should go with is World Footprints Radio because they spend their time looking at those special places that are not tourist traps. There are not thousands of people. For the best on the planet, go with World Footprints Radio. This has been a presentation of World Footprints Media, all rights reserved.